With spring football just days away, it's never too early to predict who the starters are going to be for Colorado football. We're going to do this and more on today's episode of Locked On Buffs. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs, as it is every day. Joining me today, Kevin Borba, your host, is Jack Carlo, not to be confused with the rapper, um, Buffalo's Wires editor. Jack, how you doing? Thank you for joining us. Good, good. How are you, Kevin? Really appreciate good. it. We're, we're happy to have you. Um, today, we're talking offensive starters, defensive starters, and then we're just going to talk about what excites us about the Colorado football season coming up. So if you could find Jack's work online, he's all over the place, writing about everything in between from Colorado's starting lineups to their head coaching basketball salaries, whatever it is, Jack's got you covered. Um, Jack, let's dive right into the offense. I feel like that's where everybody's very interested in the most right now, even though the defense, as you said before the show, is interesting as well. We got to go offense. It's the offensive game. So give us a little rundown of who you have in your starting 11. Okay. So, I mean, quarterback's pretty easy. Uh, Shador Sanders. That one was announced. That was announced before Shador was even in the portal. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, I'll start with that. Um, at running back, I'm probably most intrigued by Gavassi, a smoke. Um, mm -hmm. He's a transfer from Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, but behind him, they got a ton of talent as well with Dylan Edwards, uh, Deion Smith. I think they're going to be yeah, pretty deep at that position. Um, at wide receiver, that's also – I mean, there's like four or five guys that are really intriguing to me right now. Uh, two UCF transfers that they brought in um, – Jimmy Horton Jr. and uh, Xavier Weaver just, just a couple days ago. Um, yeah, but I think a late night edition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was the first transfer edition in like a couple weeks. So that was uh that was good to see. Um and then two returning buffs, uh Montana Limonius Craig and Jordan Tyson, if he's healthy. Um, I think those four will kind of be the core group of guys there. Um, tight end, Sadu Treor. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I'm still getting used to some of these guys' names. Um, yeah. He's a transfer from uh, Arkansas State. Um, I learned a little about him yesterday. Um, my my co-host, John, covers the state of Florida. Um, he lives in Miami. And I guess Seydu went is an international student. Um, he came, yeah. from, came from England, or I think it was England, uh, Britain, Great Britain, and transferred to an international academy in Florida. And so... That was a fun fact I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah, I, I think I found that out recently, too. I think the Buffs have, like, three international players now. Yeah. Um, they had uh, Kofi taylor Barocks is the other one. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark Bassett, a punter. Um, but, yeah, it's good to see Dion. Yeah, he's able to recruit pretty much from anywhere, even though Sadu was already in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um then on the offensive line, I'm going to go Savion Washington, a right tackle, um, right guard Tyler Brown. He's a transfer from Jackson State. It'll be interesting to see how, like, Dion, see if he gives some extra love to his Jackson State guys. Mm -hmm. um, we'll find they that out more. I they guess. did make the trip. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. So they did make the trip from Mississippi to, to Boulder, so they might have a little advantage. Um, mm -hmm. but they still got to earn it. I feel like in these Twitter hype videos, I'm seeing like a lot of, I don't know, just camaraderie. And so a lot mm -hmm. of guys are hungry for the spots. So it, it, it all depends. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but behind him, <clears throat> uh, Yusuf Magrabal. I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's a tough name. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Muggerville, maybe, uh, but he's a Florida transfer. Um, didn't play a lot with the Gators, but he's a guy just because he's from another big, you know, SEC Power Five school that kind of intrigues me there. Mm-hmm. Um, at center, I think Van Wells. He had a pretty good freshman year. I kind of see him uh, taking that spot again. Um, then on the left side, I'm seeing Landon Beebe and Gerard Christian Lichtenhan. I think, uh, yeah, the tank at our left tackle, um, mm. just his size. I don't know. I think he's just a, yeah, a mountain of man. I see him kind of taking that spot again. He had a pretty good end to last season. They, um, Colorado so. might have the two tallest offensive tackles in college football. Um, if these are the actual starters, six ten and six eight, I believe are the heights that we yeah got going here. Um, I do want to ask one question specifically about the receivers, because I think, of all of the positions on this unit, I think that's the one where there's the most starter starting caliber players, but obviously mm-hmm. there's only three-ish spots available for starting. Um, and then when you look at Kent State's, uh, just the way they distributed the ball last year, their top receiver had 50, because obviously Sean Lewis came over from Kent State. Um, mm-hmm. they, their top three receivers had 58, 48, 31 catches, and then it dropped off to 13 was how big of the drop-off was. So I think... I, if it's going to be anything like that, I feel like we got to pick three guys that are going to be our starters. And so I'm very high on Xavier Weaver, the newest addition. Um, he was USF's all-time leading receiver. So do you think he could be the wide receiver one, or do you think they're going to rotate guys more now that they have more weapons to use? I mean, I guess if I have to pick a top three only, which, yeah, I mean, there's only going to be three out there, but I would probably go Weaver, Horn Jr., and Jordan Tyson. No, I, I love Montana Lamonius Craig, but he might just be like just a little behind. Um, Someone's going to be the odd man now, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that might be what it's going to be. Um, yeah, especially yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how uh, Jimmy Horner Jr. and Xavier Weaver, Weaver's chemistry kind of plays out. Hmm. I mean, if they're both lined up on the same side, that might be, yeah, that might be fun to watch. Um yeah, I mean, I think it would be good to have those two guys together and both, yeah, veteran veteran dudes for sure. Yeah, and I think – I don't even think people realize, too, Shadur Sanders at quarterback has maybe one of the strongest arms in college football. Um, mm-hmm. hit, one of the coaches, his name's slipping my mind right now, compared him to Carson Strong, and yeah. that is a huge arm. Car- Carson Strong could throw nearly like 75, 80 yards. So Shadur yeah. having an arm – that strong with weapons like Jimmy Horn, who are as fast as he is, and Xavier Weaver, who could go up and get it. And then whoever the third guy is, whether it's Tyson or Craig, like someone, someone's going to make some plays. The, the ball is going to get wherever it needs to get. So it just yeah. depends on who the coach is like. Excuse me. If you had to predict running backs, do you think the freshman, um, Dylan Edwards, is going to get any carries? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he will. Um we saw that last year with Anthony Hankerson and Victor Venn. Obviously, a way different group, but um, mm. yeah, I think just with his insane speed, I think he'll get he'll get some carries for sure. But I'm still, I mean, it, we'll learn so much in the next month with yeah spring football. But I yeah. think Vasier Smoke still might have the edge just because he's yeah he just has so much experience, and I think Dion will kind of yeah rely on that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. They got a lot of a lot of weapons to choose from which is a good problem to have last year i mean last year they had some weapons but it wasn't the same array 
uh, I like to look at, especially when it's a new offensive coordinator, what their trends were at their previous stop. And so running backs wise, Kent State actually, they they rotated a few guys in there. Um, their leading rusher had nearly 300 carries. Uh, yeah. And then it was 100 uh, with the quarterback, 64, and then 35 with another running back, with two mm-hmm. other running backs. And so I think there's going to be a lot of carries to make their way around. Um, I think with how fast the offense goes, it'll definitely – um, they're probably going to need some breaks and stuff. So yeah. uh, that's that's Jack Carlos starting 11. Um, after the spring game, we're going to be able to kind of tell who's where. Um, the spring game will kind of be our sneak peek of the starting 11, and then it could probably change from there just because someone might not perform or someone might perform so well that they earn a starting spot. Um, if you had to give me two positions that have the chance for most parity from what we talked about right now, what would you say? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, the offensive line, it's so hard to. Yeah, that one, offensive line is tough to evaluate. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's not really, you know, it's a different kind of position, I guess. Yeah. Um, Would you go running back, maybe? Maybe, maybe smoke back. gets packed by, passed by Edwards or someone else, one of the, the returners. Yeah. Um, I mean, Deion Smith had a pretty solid 2022. Um, same with Anthony Hankerson. I think those mm-hmm. are two kind of like dark horse guys, maybe too. Okay. Maybe get a starting role. I don't know. But there's a lot to look forward to. I, I just had to put you on the spot like that. Um, before we move on, I have to I need to give a shout out to our sponsor, Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you gotta try a built bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You gotta try built. With built, healthily is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good is, well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, not that fake stuff. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors Brownie Batter, Churro, and Churro. You can thank me later. Go try some Built Bar today. Okay, so we've talked offense. Now it's time to talk defense. Um, similar to the offense, a lot of transfers everywhere. So give us a, a breakdown of who you got and where. Um, I guess I'll start with the two DN spots. Uh, we'll go Shane Cokes. Uh, it's a Dartmouth transfer. Um, mm-hmm. I and then the other spot, uh, Jordan Dominic. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to take that other spot. It's crazy to see how many like SEC guys that they were able to bring in. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Arkansas, even uh Alabama guy too. Um we got a pair yeah. of Arkansas guys back there. I'm assuming that the other one will get the starting nod, hopefully. Yeah. Um I went. I'll get to that later. But yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I'll get to that. Um and then also also Taylor Upshaw, he's a Michigan transfer. I think he might be kind of in the mix there at one of the edge spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at defensive tackle, uh Leonard Payne Jr. A Fresno State transfer. Okay. Um, yeah, I couldn't give some love to a Mountain West guy, but he had a pretty good, uh, yeah, pretty good past couple seasons there. 
Um, and then at nose guard, I think Jalen Sammy, um, yeah, returning guy. I think he has a uh, good chance at starting. Um, and also I'll get some, I think name Rodman might have a chance to work his way into the D line just because yeah, he's another veteran dude. Um, I'll go at the linebacker spots. I think Levante Bentley Clemson transfer. Mm -hmm. um Des Moines Kennedy and Alabama transfer um yeah obviously coming from Alabama that <laughs> I carry some weight with it for sure um then I think Miles Slusher um yeah I was talking with our Tony Casolo he's one of our writers too um we kind of see him maybe has like a guy that can play safety and linebacker just because right. of kind of his size um, hybrid role the Isaiah Simmons yeah. role if you will yes <laughs> um Kind of, yeah, kind of unique, but kind of becoming more popular, I guess, in today's game. Mm -hmm. um, I see him getting a starting spot. Um, I think Trevor Woods, who had a really, really good sophomore year last year. Um, yeah, I think definitely an underrated guy in the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's, just with how physical he plays, um, I think he's going to get a starting spot. Um, I think Cameron Silman Craig. Uh, Jackson State transfer will have a good shot. Um, am I at nine now? Let me double check. <laughs> you got two more. Goals. You got your corners. Okay, <laughs> two corners, right? Uh, yeah, obviously Travis Hunter. Um, he'll go. start on goals, and I think Cormani McLean. I think he'll get the other one. Um, but also, I think Nico Reed will. He'll have to make I think Cormani work for it for sure. The two five stars getting the nod. Okay, so this defense, obviously, totally different defense. As you wrote about, there's only potentially two starters returning from last year, um, I think is what you said. And yeah. so that means there's likely going to be nine new faces. Um, obviously, it's hard to compare them to last year, so it's hard to say this defense ranked 129th or whatever it was in total defense because it's a completely different, completely different unit. But what do you think this group of players needs to do to kind of – mesh quickly and kind of just be better than last year's unit um i think i mean i mean i think the biggest thing is just tackling i think yeah they struggled a lot with that last year that is vital um, defense that is very important <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um but yeah especially in the secondary i think mm -hmm. that they can improve on a lot but yeah i mean i guess as you said it's going to be it's going to be tough to build you know chemistry and just you know a few months here so that's why spring football is going to be so important mm -hmm. um and also just for just we just need a couple of leaders to stand up to and i think travis hunter needs to be one of those guys um that's a good point yeah i mean yeah five star he obviously has to step up a little bit um still kind of learning what his kind of personality is like we'll learn a lot about that this spring but yeah just with um yeah all the talent he has he has to be one of those guys and just for i mean it's the returning guys too with trevor woods jalen sammy nika reed daim rodman i think those guys also have to step up and kind of prove that they deserve to be on this 2023 buff squad um yeah that's changed so much the past couple of years um for sure yeah, yeah. i think when Deion sanders said if everybody should pack their bags i feel like the guys that stayed um, I feel like there's just added pressure on them because they not only have to prove that uh, obviously he can't like kick them off the team and just replace mm -hmm. them, but 
he 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 kind of made it known. He kind of made it known that like he didn't want anybody from last year's roster. And so I think yeah. for these guys to stick through that and then not only prove that they deserve to be on the roster, I think that'll be an interesting aspect to this spring football because there's a, a handful of guys. There were some receivers, um, some running backs you mentioned, obviously some defensive linemen, secondary guys that they stuck with it. Um, they didn't hit the transfer portal like a lot of – I mean, I probably would have hit the transfer portal. When a coach tells you to hit the transfer portal, I'd be like, okay. I mean, he doesn't yeah. want me. So it's it's cool to see that they're in a an era of transferring. They kind of stuck through it, and we'll see what their role is. Um, before we continue, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think in terms of this defense, it'll be really interesting because obviously there's the Alabama roots. And so Alabama kind of at certain position, they have their guys. Um, I think defense line, we're going to see a lot of rotation just because of fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously they just like to have fresh bodies in there at all times. And so there's going to be a lot more, I think, opportunity to play across the defensive line. Whereas the secondary, I think, especially with someone who knows the secondary was as well as coach prime does. I feel like once he finds his guys, those are his guys. And so it's going to be tough for, because realistically I would say there's two spots available. Um, I think Travis Hunter and Cameron Simon have their spot solidified, if you will. Um, even though Simon came from Jackson state, I feel like he just played well enough. He's first team all conference there. And so I think that's two spots already. So now that leaves two spots that are, quote unquote open and so i feel like you have to prove yourself even more mm-hmm. would you agree yeah yeah i mean that's why yeah this will be such a big spring for trevor woods and maybe even nico reed i don't know uh i yeah, i definitely enjoyed watching those two play last year so mm-hmm. um yeah and just kind of yeah proving themselves to dion will be huge uh this first this first spring dion's an interesting coach because obviously he played uh corner and safety or whatever corner mostly but he could play all over the defense if he needed to i'm sure um mm-hmm. but coaching wise he he's offensive minded um he was an offensive coordinator before he took the jackson state job and so yeah. i find it interesting that he's a he's an offensive minded coach even though he has defensive roots um it was brought to my attention i think a couple episodes ago that he did play quarterback in high school so he he does have some passing experience um i just found mm-hmm. it interesting that someone who made it all the way to the nfl is one of the best players the sport has seen is so offensive minded as, as a defensive player. I need one player from you, Jack, on mm-hmm. this defense that you, well, outside of Travis Hunter, Travis Hunter's off limits now. Uh, right. I need a standout or a someone you're excited for. Because Travis Hunter's too obvious. You know, the five-star number one guy, we're all excited for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess out of my starters. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got to go Trevor Woods again. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe. I like it. Um Something yeah. about this, this one returning guy, you like him, huh? <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, he had that, there's this one play that stands out. I think it was in the the Cal win last year when he had a pass breakup, I think, in overtime in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, that play has just stood with me a lot. Um, okay. And, yeah, he'll be an upperclassman this year, junior. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, just something about him. Uh, I think having another year under his belt, I think, will be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with him. Hopefully he doesn't transfer out. Because, uh, yeah, it's worth noting there's one more open transfer portal window that first couple weeks of May. So there could be some guys leaving then. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. 
It's interesting because there's obviously guys that could be transferring out, but that also gives Coach Prime and Colorado a chance to bring in more transfers, um, which wouldn't surprise me. I think the offensive line, despite um, bringing in these transfers, I feel like you could always ensure the trenches. Yeah. Same thing with the defensive line. I feel like you could always get better there. Um, Deion Sanders has made it known that he's going to take in good players. It doesn't really matter how many players he has already. Um, I saw. I think we saw it with Xavier Weaver. Um, I think for the most part, everybody thought the receivers were kind of like done. Um, you have Adam Hopkins coming in as well. The fresh, the, excuse me, incoming four star. And there's a handful of other guys, um, Amari and Miller, um, who these guys are going to be competing for starting spots. Did I get his last name right? Or Marion? Right? Amari and Miller. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's his last name. I'm pretty sure. That right. uh, I'm still learning all these guys too. Uh, <laughs> I believe that's right. Uh, yeah. Let me, yeah, Amari Miller. Yeah, I okay. I, you, you, I feel like you gave a look, and I was like, "Did I get I that wrong?" <laughs> okay, but there's they got four stars coming in. They have all these transfers coming in, and then they still went and added another one. So I don't feel like they're ready to settle. Um, I think they're trying to do anything they can, which this is no hot take by any means to surpass that four and a half win margin. Um, yeah. They want to give those Buffs fans that are betting for a Colorado national championship, which we we talked about on yesterday yesterday's pod. They want to give them some hope, I guess you could say. And the odds came out and they're underdogs in their first two games. And so it'll be interesting to see where they go transfer portal wise, because the second transfer portal window is more so realistically, it's mostly guys who lost their position battle, unless it's um, guys who just want to leave their program. Um, So it's guys who lost position battle, but that doesn't mean they're not good. Um, It just means that it didn't work out at their initial stop. And so there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of key guys that, could be some great additions. Um, I think the guy that stands out to me, and it's just because he came over with defensive coordinator uh, Charles Kelly, is Demoy Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just an athlete. I think he's someone you want in the middle of your defense. Um, when I was reading more up about him, he got carries at Alabama on the offensive side of the ball, and yeah. so he's literally all over the ball. And so he's all over the field. Um, he's athletic. He's he has the experience in terms of he's played in big games. Um, he doesn't have like a lot of experience, I guess you could say like statistically, but he's played in huge games. He's been in the playoff a couple times. So big, big addition. Um, and now to conclude today's episode, I just want to know what you're most excited about, Jack. Tell us anything, anything call, Colorado football related that gets, gets you going for this upcoming season. Cause you sat through one and 11. Um, you've yeah. been there for whatever the record that was the year before they had, they've had one winning season the past six yeah. years and it was the COVID year. So that's like a little asterisk next to it. Um, so what excites you about the first season of Deion Sanders football? Um, I guess I'm just looking out, looking forward to just seeing Folsom Field sold out every single game. And that, mm. I think that Nebraska game, <laughs> I guess, if I'm going to point a game out. Um, mm-hmm. And Colorado State hosting them, too, at home. I think that'll be fun. There's, there's just a lot of exciting matchups, I think, in the first, yeah, five, six weeks of the season with Oregon and USC to open Pac-12 play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just excited for seeing the buffs probably on national TV, I guess, for those games. Um, I'm sure I, they'll be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And opening up against the, yeah. Um, national champion runner-ups. Uh, yeah. You, um, there's just so many really, really exciting games. I think the first five weeks of the season and just seeing how the returning buffs and, um, yeah, just the squad as a whole kind of adapts to yeah just being in the a major national spotlight all of a sudden 
Um, but I, th I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think I think that I I think those matchups are great, um, especially mm -hmm. in Nebraska. Uh, I think spe especially since that's game one at home, like that's the first game that Deion Sanders gets to play at Folsom Field. That's obviously not against uh, his own team. Um, mm -hmm. Huge matchup. Uh, Nebraska is in a similar situation. They have a new coach, uh, likely a new quarterback, a bunch of transfers that they're hoping to kind of come in. And so I think that'll be a, a true a true rivalry game that has a rivalry feel um, that maybe it hasn't had in the past. I feel like it always has in the past, but this year it feels a little extra special. It feels yeah. like there's a little extra juice in it. Uh, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is one player in particular, Shader Sanders, um, just because – and I think my answer has changed over time. At first, it was just seeing, obviously, what Colorado looks like and what their ceiling is. Um, because, obviously, you look at, like, a USC last year. Um, they brought in a bunch of transfers, and they're one win away from making it to the playoff. Um, they're mm -hmm. they're a 20-point collapse away from yeah. um, playing in the playoff, and who knows what happens then. Uh, I don't know if that's in the cards for Colorado, but they brought in a lot of upgrades. They have a new coaching staff who – their coaching staff is arguably – one of the most underrated in college football, I guess you could say. Um, I think that that's only made more obvious when people are already trying to poach um, Sean Lewis and people mm -hmm. want Charles Kelly and they chose to stay at Colorado. But Shadur Sanders, I think all the pressure, I, I've realized this in my short coverage of Colorado, is all of the pressure is on him. Um, I think he's kind of in one of those situations where, and I talked about it on yesterday yesterday's episode, as soon as he throws an interception, that that video is going to go viral. Um, as soon as he makes any sort of mistake, it's going viral. Um, people are going to want to kind of tear this program apart, and it's all going to start with Shador. And so the better he does, I think the more it helps the program. And I think I just want to see how well he plays because obviously it is a big jump. Um, but people have been comparing the jump from like to like Cam Ward's jump from Incarnate World or Word yeah. to Washington State. And so it's doable. It's not, obviously not like the first time it's ever happened. Um, I just want to see how he adapts and I want to see how he stays cool, calm and collected under this pressure, because whether people want to admit it or not, there's going to be a newfound pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just watching like videos of him. Um, yeah. I've been watching as much of the well-off media, like Der uh, Deion Sanders Jr.'s channel. And just like anytime they show Shador, he's just like the most poised. He's so, so poised just for how young he is. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he's still 20. Um but yeah, just for after two years in yeah Jackson State, um, I, I think he'll be okay for sure. I'm not worried at all like about yeah the stage being for too big for him. I mean, again, mm -hmm. he was like offered. He was a four star recruit right. offered by yeah pretty much everyone. Um, so I, I think his talent will be okay. And he just yeah. made the the HBCU Player of the Year, right? I think yesterday he did. Yeah, they named him the. HBCU player of the year and I think I think people honestly forget or don't realize how high highly ranked he was as a recruit like obviously he wasn't the number one overall recruit but he was a four-star he had the Bama offer he had the Texas offer whatever maybe like he had literally every offer you could imagine and I think people forget that and so <laughs> they're just like they just see him as the Jackson State quarterback who I don't know what they think he was ranked at a high school but they mm -hmm. it sounds like they think he's just some scrub they picked up off the street because he was the son of John Sanders yeah. so it'll it'll be I, I'm going to be fascinated to see how well he adjusts. And I think it'll be a great tell of how, I don't know, how good he is, um, how mm. quickly he adjusts. Because it's going to be week one TCU. That's a, their defense. They lost a lot of key players. Um, still a good matchup, though. Uh, Nebraska, mm. same thing. Lost a lot of key players. New faces are coming in. I think those are two, while people see them as 
favorites over Colorado. I think those are two games where Colorado could easily play well and surprise people. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Jack. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yes. I need you to f- say your favorite Jack Harlow bar. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need a, a win total, a win total for Colorado this year. I'll go six. Six? Yeah, okay. Six, so, so they're going bowling? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, it would be more, but like just the, the first five games of the schedule are just so tough. I guess mm-hmm. minus Colorado State, I'll say that. Um, but uh, yeah, just opening with, yeah, USC and Oregon. Um, I mean, I'd be happy if they got like two to three wins in those first couple, in that first stretch of the season. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to go six and six, I think. Well, Paul Feinbaum's calling for him to go two and six in the first eight weeks, which means in order to make the bowl game, they got to win out. <laughs> yeah. I see that Nebraska game is winnable for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Honestly, but... I, think the, I think the TCU game is a lot different than people realize. Obviously, TCU made some great transfer portal additions, underrated transfer class. But, mm. I mean, it was a defense that struggled last year, and I would say they lost all of their playmakers on defense for yeah. the most part. So I think I think the first two weeks are more close or closer than people realize. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, TCU. I think they open as like seventeen point favorite, something like that. But that's true. Um, yeah, yeah I, it's it's winnable for sure. It's more winnable than USC and Oregon. I think at this point. Yeah, and when I I think people also forget when Chandler Morris was in the game last year. Obviously, I'm sure he's could have improved. Mm-hmm. That game was close. It was um, like seven three and a half or something. Yeah, that game was a lot closer than I think the revisionist history likes to tell us, and so. Chandler Morris, I'm sure he he's a great dual threat quarterback. He could throw. Um, maybe it just wasn't his day that day, but I'm just saying that game was close. Um, before we conclude this episode, I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Buffs your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shaw and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We too are available on wherever you get your podcast and YouTube. Jack, tell the people where they could find you. Um, yeah, on Twitter at Jack underscore Carlo, C A R L O U G H. And check us out at Buffalo's Wire. We are part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Um, yeah, check us out there at Buffalo's Wire. Thank you for jump, jumping on, Jack. We are going to have Jack on a few more times before the season starts and probably even during the season because there's so many things to talk about, um, Colorado Buffalo's wise. And Jack's got you covered. I got you covered over at Athlon. Um, just make sure to follow one of us. Uh, we'll both have the same information. Just make sure that you're following us to know what's going on. Um, and hopefully these buffs turn it around this next year. You can find this episode wherever you get your podcasts, like I said, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Awesome.